Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. I am recording on October 31st, but you will be listening to this on November 1st. How are you guys doing? You guys doing okay? You having a great Halloween? What would you dress up as? I dressed up as John Hammond for work uh, with several other people as uh, different characters from Jurassic Park. Unfortunately, we did not win the costume contest, uh, but we didn't lose... To either of the two Barbie groups at work. So I count that as a victory. If you ask me. But again it is Halloween. Hope, hopefully you guys are having spooky nights. Tonight the demon awakes at midnight. And it's name is Mariah Carey. <laughs> no. What's up? Hey how you guys doing? It's, it's hey, We're still doing Nick's Nerd News. Hey hey. Oh, oh almost forgot the name of my show. <laughs> Hey, we're having fun, though. We're having a lot of fun. What are you guys playing? You guys playing a lot? Watching a lot? What, what's going on? You excited? Invincible comes back this week. How about that? Loki, like, reset itself, or we think. We don't know. Uh, so let's uh, let's not waste any time. I don't know what our top stories is. Our top stories would probably be the fact that Bungie just laid off a ton of people and delayed some of their biggest projects upcoming. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. Um, what else happened? Oh, you know, just uh, everything. But, and and realistically, not a whole lot going on in the movie world. The, the actors are hopefully going to go back to the negotiating table this week. I think they were supposed to go back either Monday or yesterday. I haven't seen anything. Uh, but realistically... The biggest thing, to me at least, what you guys may or may not see the same, an MCU timeline book came out, and it's kind of shifting shifting some things around uh, in the MCU in a good way, and also creating con- controversy. Controversy. Um, there was okay. There were no SAG talks today, but they will. Uh, they will be back tomorrow working to negotiate so we'll see what uh what happens in that regard uh and at the end of the show 
we are going to talk about my top 10 favorite 90s sci-fi movies and you probably might be surprised at my top five so let's get to the news shall we All right, what's in the news, huh? What is in the news? Well, a bit. So, Remedy has announced that Alan Wake 2 will get at least two expansions in the new year, which is quite a bit, considering some of their last few games didn't get any expansions. Uh, And I'm looking at you, Control, and Quantum Break. But, eh, I digress, right? But it's good. We're getting two, and I can't wait to play it. Uh, Microsoft has announced a shakeup of their leadership division just a few weeks after the Activision um, merger acquisition ends, or goes through, realistically. So, uh, this was first published by The Verge. An internal memo was found. Uh, So, what we've learned... So, Phil Spencer will stay as CEO of of Microsoft Gaming... Uh, But we've learned that Sarah Bond is being promoted to president of software and hardware. So includes any consoles that are coming next. Uh, Matt Booty promoted to president of gaming content and studios, which means he will oversee operations of ZeniMax at Bethesda and Xbox Game Studios. So Bethesda is still staying technically a separate entity, technically not. Um... They're calling it a quote-unquote limited integration entity, uh, but they'll ultimately report to Matt Booty. And then, uh, so Sarah Bond is president of Xbox, bringing together devices, player, and creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning, data, and analytics, and business development, unquote. Uh, And then we've also learned that several other leaderships will stay on board, uh, but uh, that's in the meantime. So uh, some other things were shifted around. Those are the two biggest that we've learned, biggest changes. Uh, Skull and Bones. Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. Technically uh, wasn't delayed, but it it has, has a later release window than originally anticipated. Now looking to release sometime between January and March of next year. Watch it get delayed again. It's going to get delayed again. I don't think that game's ever coming out at this point. Uh, (laughs) Capcom has announced it's working on a next-gen Resident Evil engine, which they are codenaming Rex. Uh, It is a... So, it looks like it was revealed in a presentation meant for developers from Capcom's R&D channel. Uh, This was uncovered by Okami Games. So, it's, it's... uh, the Rex engine, saying, quote, uh, Okami Games tweeted, quote, Rex engine will include all previous features of RE engine, and while adding support for new technologies and handling the growing size of assets more efficiently, the video is mostly intended for developers, but this was an interesting little tidbit at the end, unquote. So, it looks like uh, Capcom is going to keep in, uh, increasing the capabilities of the RE engine, which, of course, we saw last used on Monster Hunter Rise, Resident Evil 8, 
and of course the Resident Evil 4 remake or 3 remake was it 3 or 4 one of those one of those um it looks like Rocksteady may have added a new skin to Batman Arkham Knight uh players found the the Batman outfit uh from the Pattinson movie in the game last week only for it to be deleted shortly after uh it, it is somewhat unconfirmed if this happened or not but very strange for them to add a an outfit to a i think what 10 year old game at this point that'd be strange how many people are playing batman arkham knight that's my question uh insomniac games has confirmed that wolverine will be set in their spider-man universe so their wolverine game will be set in insomniac's marvel spider-verse or Mar their marvel earth if you will which explains the uh, wolverine outfit you can get for miles in spider-man 2 we have now learned that disney dreamlight valley has exited early access uh, and will no longer be a free-to-play game so its official launch out of early access will happen on december 5th of this year uh, it will no longer be a free-to-play game as the team says quote continuing delivering on a premium game experience for all players unquote uh, so the first ever showcase for the game will take place tomorrow at 10 a.m on the first and the details on its new ex expansion, which is paid, called A Rift in Time. It will cost $29.99 and will give you 5,000 Moonstones, which are the currency in the game. You will need to have the base game to play it. So it will be interesting to see what happens with this game. I didn't know people were still playing this game, to be honest. Um, that's what's happening there. Uh, Sakurai was being interviewed about the future of the Smash franchise. Uh, essentially what he said is it's difficult to see the game getting any, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, difficult to see the game getting any bigger than what happened with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I agree with Sakurai. Does that mean the game has to end? I think for at least a little while. Um, can it go bigger? Potentially, I don't really think so. Uh, if anything, you maybe go smaller from here, which technically would constitute a reboot. I don't, I don't know. I don't know where you go with Smash. It's kind of hard. Maybe the franchise, the franchise kind of ends there, and then you build off something from there to to something new. Uh, same idea, same concept, but maybe not Super Smash anymore. Who knows? I could be wrong. I'm talking nonsense, right? I uh, Smash players, I think, would be the best ones to speak to. Or just keep adding to Ultimate. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Sony has announced the release dates of their Pulse Explore earbuds, which come out this December 6th. And then their Pulse Elite wireless headset releases on February 21st of next year. Strange them to still not release that those were announced so long ago uh, capcom has announced they will release a major title sometime but before the end of march what that means no one knows uh, capcom has a lot of major titles so 
I, I don't know what they're inferring. Uh, the creator of Stardew Valley says that if anyone was going to make his a movie adaptation of his game, uh, he would prefer it be Studio Ghibli or David Lynch, which are two things on complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to movie making. <laughs> David Lynch or Studio Ghibli? Like, that's like saying I would either want Martin Scorsese or... Greta Gerwig, like what? The two, two, two opposite ends that in no way, shape, or form are anything like the other. A David Lynch Stardew Valley movie would be the wildest thing ever made, probably. That's outrageous. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, the new mobile game for Kingdom Hearts, is expected to launch sometime next year on both Android and iOS. If you are looking out for that. The Five Nights at Freddy's movie came out last week uh, to a resounding success, winning the weekend with $78 million. $78 million to win the weekend, Five Nights at Freddy's. That's cool. Uh, From Software is uh, going on a hiring binge so it looks like uh, they're they're trying to hire a lot of people, and a lot uh, which has led to ma- major speculation in regards to things going on at From Software. Some people think a DLC for Elden Ring, maybe something for Dark Souls, maybe a Bloodborne sequel or remake. Uh, via reported by IGN Japan, From Software is recruiting employees across several departments as it says it works on, quote, several new projects, unquote. No word yet on what that is, but maybe a Dark Souls 4, maybe a Bloodborne 2, maybe Elden Ring DLC. Let's see what happens if they hire all these people. David Hayter was spotted uh, working with Konami in regards to Metal Gear Solid again. Uh, I don't like Konami doing things on Metal Gear Solid without Kojima. Uh, Unless it's the remake, that's fine. But anything new is a little hard to stomach. But uh, David Hayter, who voiced Solid Snake from the beginning, uh, tweeted out and uh, said, quote, Critics called the game innovative, a cinematic classic, even the best video game ever made. The sequels received quality widespread acclaim, ultimately growing into a franchise that has reshaped the gaming world. And I hope you're ready. This is only the beginning, unquote. Uh, this is a trailer for a new uh, retrospective that Konami is working on on the uh, on the game franchise itself. So we'll see. Obviously, he didn't play Snake in Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, but I wonder if this is in relation to the movie that's going to get made. I, I'm not entirely sure. But a lot of fans are happy to see David Hayter back. Cliff Blazinski, uh, who was essentially the man behind Gears of War, behind Epic Games, uh, he no longer, you know, works in gaming, uh, was speaking to comicbook.com and uh, says that he feels that Gears of War needs a God of War style reboot. Now, if you ask me, isn't that kind of what, you know, Gears 4 and 5 were? 
they kind of shifted away from Dom's story and went into the future and, you know, those the, the robots and things like that. Uh, he said, quote, I believe Gears needs a little bit of a reboot, like God of War had. And I've always said, Phil Spencer has my number. I'm happy to consult, unquote, uh, Blazinski said. But I'm wondering, like I said, I feel like Gears 4 and 5 were kind of a, a reboot. Um, we'll see, though, if, if the Coalition is working on Gear 6 or something new. Ubisoft has announced they will be shutting down servers, online servers, for some older games, uh, especially Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. People are still playing online for those games. Uh, this has been reported by, by Eurogamer. Um, decommissioning games. Decommissioned games include Ghost Recon Future Soldier, Splinter Cell Conviction, Trials Evolution uh, will be affected as well. Uh, that will take place on January 25th next year. And uh, so the full list, Assassin's Creed 2 on 360, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood on Mac, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD on PlayStation 3 and 360, Assassin's Creed Revelations on PC, Ghost Recon Future Soldier PC, Heroes of Might and Magic 6 on PC, NCSI on PC, Splinter Cell Conviction on 360, Ruse on PC, and Trials Evolution on PC. So if you're still playing those games, just be aware. Remedy, again, uh, we're hot off the heel. They are hot off the heels of their release of, you know, Alan Wake 2. Uh, they're saying that they have, uh, they've issued an update on all games they have in development currently. And apparently they're ready to focus on a Max Payne 1 and 2 remake. They're, they're in the, quote, production readiness stage, unquote. So, this is my confusion. Uh, I always thought... So, Remedy made Max Payne 1 and 2, and Rockstar made Max Payne 3, because I thought Mac, the Max Payne IP had shifted to Rockstar. So, it looks like... Oh... Wait, they're working with Rockstar under a publishing agreement to remake the games. Okay, Rockstar is financing it. Remedy is handling development. So Rockstar does own the rights to Max Payne. So it will be done on Remedy's game engine, though. And, oh, I didn't realize Rockstar... Oh, Rockstar did publish the first ones. Then as I think about it. Okay, that makes more sense. I don't, I don't know why... Um, I don't know why I forgot that, but Rockstar handled the first, the third game, of course, completely. So C Control 2 is still in the works, but nothing beyond that, which is a, they're calling a proof of concept stage. Condor, which is a four player co-op spinoff of Control and, uh, is in production readiness, which means it will be worked on next. Um, and Codename Vanguard, their other next game, is uh, looking to enter end proof of concept stage. So they're working on a lot of things, uh, but next are going to be the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 
has, uh, it's not out yet, but we've learned that it will have four DLC characters, including Mr. Krabs and uh, Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, if you're looking to play that Smash clone. Um, the Modern Warfare 3 PS5 Sl Slim Bundle, which was recently leaked, may come with Modern Warfare 3 for free. Uh, in the bundle. So the game would normally cost $70. But. The. Website Charlie Intel. Which is a Call of Duty news site. Sony will be selling the PlayStation 5 Slim Disc Edition. With Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. For $499.99. Which is the same price as a PS5 Slim without the bundle. So the game is going to be free. With a PS5 Slim. We don't know how true that is yet until we see that bundle actually released, though. That will be very interesting. I've never seen anyone do that. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch and you use it to watch Twitch, Switch, Twitch, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, the, the Twitch app for watching stream game streaming, uh, Nintendo will be losing access to the Twitch app on January 1st, January 31st of 2024, uh, so you're going to have to find a way to watch Twitch elsewhere if you use the Switch exclusively. Uh, the director of the Bioshock movie says he does have a script in hand. It's very good, and he is very excited to get the project off the ground. Uh, Netflix will be financing that movie whenever it gets made. And then I did beat Spider-Man 2 this weekend. I did 100% the game, not trophies, but I 100%ed the game. It's still amazing. Honestly, it got even better. I, I can't score it above a 10 because that's not how scoring works because I do things out of 10. But the Spider-Man game, I don't know where they go from here, man. They, they, they're, already like, they're already teasing like a Avengers Endgame level for whatever the third game could potentially be. I liked everything they did in the second one with the symbiotes and Venom and everything like that. You got to play as Venom in a small section. Uh, there's other symbiotes that appear, anti-Venom. Uh, my biggest issue, my biggest issue with the game is, and a lot of people have issues with this suit, is the suit Miles gets uh, towards the end of the game, some, somewhat spoilers, and he's wearing Adidas, and... If, if you know anything about Miles, famously was wearing Jordan 1s in his debut, uh, in the first Spider-Verse movie, things like that. But, but Marvel and Disney have a, 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 an agreement with Adidas, which saw the end of the Jordan 1s in, in, in Miles' stories, uh, including in Spider-Verse 2. And apparently it extends to... Adidas all over Spider-Man 2 here. Look, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't hate Adidas. I like Adidas. I prefer Nike, but I like Adidas. What my issue is, is a character who is known for his, his Jordans, right? He, it's, it's part of his identity. It's a, it's a very New York thing, Jordan 1s as well. Uh, for him to be robbed of that, is is the issue and you know 
Jordan 1s are an iconic shoe. They they really are. So again, for him to be and they're I think they're Audi Boosts. I don't even remember the name of that particular model. They're the the ugliest fucking things I've ever seen. Okay? I I like I have no like again, I don't have issues with Adidas. My issue is with the shoe they gave Miles and for him to lose the Jordan 1s. Plus, they give him these like weird-ass, generic-looking like shoes that are supposed to look like Jordan 1s. Like, no, dude, don't even, don't even do that. Because that's just... That's, that's, not, that's not good either, man. Like, just, just let the kid wear Jordans or just put him in non-high tops. Just put him in non-high tops at that point. Because... You're you're just you're hurting yourself, man. You're hurting yourself, and you're hurting Miles. I, I don't like it. I just don't like it. I was having this conversation with friends, and they, <laughs> I laughed because he was wearing a Spider-Man outfit, and he was wearing I, they looked like the shell toes, or they looked like Stan, Sam Smiths, and uh, with with a Spider-Man outfit, and I I thought that was funny, but so they they are Ultra Boosts. I'm pretty sure they're the uh, no, they're the four. 4DFWD, which is, I don't, I don't even know what they're going for in that idea, but they're the ugliest shoes, the Ultra 4D running shoes maybe, whatever Adidas calls them, they're the ugliest shoe on the planet, and they put miles in them in this suit that is atrocious in it, in of itself. Um, that's my only issue, but other than that, game's amazing, you definitely need to play it. You definitely should go get a PS5 and play it. I'm I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna not say that because that's how good it is. But we're gonna talk about our biggest news story of the week, gaming wise, and that is in relation to massive layoffs have hit Bungie. Uh, so massive layoffs have hit the gaming industry as a whole, despite it being one of its best years. It's a it's a dark stain on on 2023 of gaming. But somehow, Sony is being hit the hardest. So, a, a lot of stories have been coming out about what's happened. It's caused the delay of the Final Shape and Marathon, their next game as well, because of the layoffs. About 100 people have lost their jobs, or about an eighth of the studio, and which is... Which is wild. Uh, this was first reported by Bloomberg's Jason Schreier. And uh, layoffs happened yesterday, the 30th. And the number is unclear. It looks like uh, a lot of studios at PlayStation, like I said, have been affected. Including, uh, uh, what's that, Me Media Molecule lost about 20 staff members. Uh, they're the developer of Dreams and other games like that. CD Projekt Red. Epic Games, Epic Games laid off the most, though, almost a thousand people. But the bigger issue uh, is just how the studio reacted. Uh, CEO Pete Parsons put out a ridiculous tweet. But uh, yeah, so 100 people were laid off at Bungie, and apparently it's, it's being blamed on players leaving Destiny 2 because they took a 45% hit to revenue. I'm sorry, but did, did they really think that without a new expansion re more recently or, or in, the, in the near future 
uh, now that Final Shape's been delayed, that people were going to hang around? Did they really expect Destiny 2 to keep making that much money with all these other games available? So uh, they blamed poor player retention after Lightfall didn't do as well as they had hoped. So I, I they did have a spike in concurrent players on Steam, but Destiny 2 has, has uh, struggled, apparently. So uh, the final shape, which was going to be essentially the climactic conclusion, or what they're calling the end of the story of Destiny 2, uh, was not getting great feedback internally. Uh, it was supposed to come out in February of next year. It's now been delayed to June, which, again, that's a long delay. Uh, and now it's its next game, Marathon, which would be a reboot of its beloved Marathon series. Or not a reboot. I think they said it would still be set in it. Uh, those that was the game. Those were the the game series they made before Halo at Bungie. That game has now been delayed to 2025 from 2024. So, so that's eight uh, percent of its workforce, a hundred people out of its 1,200 employees. So, they will be getting three months of severance and health insurance. It's been reported. Uh, other benefits run out tomorrow. Bonuses will be prorated for the year, and. Uh, Anyone who hadn't, who had shares from 2022 Sony acquisition that haven't vested will lose them. Oh, that sucks. Sony, again, cutting costs across all of its studios. Uh, Pete Parsons, CEO of Bungie, said, quote, on Twitter, Today is a sad day at Bungie as we say goodbye to colleagues who have all made a significant impact on our studio. What these exceptional individuals have contributed to our games and Bungie culture has been enormous and will continue to be a part of Bungie's long into the future, um, unquote. I, I can see why people called that a little bit tone deaf. Uh, Bungie even laid off longtime uh, composer Michael Salvatore, who helped create the music for Halo along with Marty O'Donnell back in the day. Man's been at Bungie for over 20 years. So uh, Pete Persons also said, quote, these are truly talented people. If you have openings, I would highly recommend each and every one of them, unquote. At least he did that. Not not great, but it uh, sucks that uh, it's due to underperformance of Bungie uh, of Destiny Two. If that's really the the issue, or is it a Sony thing? I don't know. It's interesting. The CEO, I'm sure he's still going to get paid a ton of money, right? It's like when they make these these announcements. It, like I said, that's why it comes off as tone deaf. Because people are like, okay, but are you going to lower your salary then? No. No, they're not. Uh, but that, that's really it for gaming. Again, that, that was a major story. So let's uh, head on up the five, see what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? What is going on in Hollywood? Well, we uh, stayed at the top of the show. The SAG union and the heads of the studios are planning to meet again tomorrow, uh, going back to the negotiating table, which is good. Uh, but some of the bigger news that's come out this week in movie 
and TV land. Uh, the biggest, I would say, I, I really think this is the biggest, and it's, it's not even that big of a thing. Uh, there's a new book that came out that's an official MCU uh, companion, if you will. Uh, it's called the MCU Timeline Book, and uh, it's done some some big retconning and opened the door to some major questions. So, uh, back in 2017, Spider-Man Homecoming came out, and it opened with a scene about the first Avengers movie and how, like, Adrian Toomes, who would become the Vulture, his company, uh, losing out to Damage Control. Shout out to Damage Control, which was supposed to get a TV show or movie. But it, then it, it jumps to eight years later, right, explaining when the story of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming takes place. However, that doesn't jive in the timeline. But now, in Marvel Studios, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, an official timeline, uh, that has been retconned and cleaned up. So, what it, essentially what it said was, you know, the Avengers Battle of 2012 and eight years later, Spider-Man Homecoming takes place in 2020. That's not that's that's not the case because, and uh, uh, Infinity War takes place in 2018, and the snap happens, and then Endgame takes place in 2023 and beyond. So here's here's the thing: if Spider-Man: Homecoming took place in 2020, Peter Parker was dusted. He should not be there. <laughs> um, so technically, it only took place four years before uh uh or four it take, took place four years after um the first avengers movie which again made by sony things were not always cleared up so oh miss minutes is used in the book this uh interesting i wonder if some other shenanigans are going on which then leads us to there's a page. So they have different symbols that kind of notate major events in the MCU. Uh, one symbol indicates when a major character has died. They use that for Multiverse of Madness. Some people are taking this as an official confirmation the Scarlet Witch is dead. Others are saying she might not be based on the text. It says, quote, Wanda destroys Wondagore and collapses it upon herself, ending two great threats to all of the multiverse. But she also had the Scarlet Witch, the Darkhold, Wundagore Mountain. So is Wanda dead? Is the Scarlet Witch dead? Is that saying two threats are gone, meaning the Darkhold and the Scarlet Witch, the Darkhold and Wundagore, the uh, Wanda and all this? It's, it's very rocky, but... We don't know what the truth is. They can always bring her back, right? Realistically. Uh, the book also confirms that the MCU is Earth-616. A lot of comic fans have taken somewhat of an issue with this because a book like 10, 15 years ago said the MCU was Earth-199999. Uh, then that was repeated in Spider-Verse 2 this past year. Uh, Spider-Verse 2 is on Netflix as of today, by the way. But what uh, we got Earth-616 in Spider-Man Far From Home. We got Earth-616 in Multiverse of Madness. Now the book says 616. I'm just going to say it's 616. Even though the comics 
mainline continuity is Earth 616. Maybe MCU and comics are just on different planes of existence, right? I mean, <laughs> that's all we can think. Uh, that's a very nerdy conversation. But that's what Nick's Nerd News is about. You guys can make your own decisions, though. We've learned that Edgar Wright was offered the opportunity to direct the Channing, Channing, Channing Tatum-led Gambit movie. He ultimately passed on it. Uh, David Yates, the director of several Harry Potter films and the three Fantastic Beasts movies, has announced that the franchise is currently parked. Uh, no work on a next Fantastic Be Beasts is, is, is expected as of late. If you ask me, those movies got better as they kept coming out, which, you know, a lot of people didn't like them. I thought they got better as it went on. I, I think... Warner Brothers needs to reevaluate its entire slate. And I think that rebooting Harry Potter is the wrong way to go. I think they really should keep making Fantastic Beasts movies. Uh, this prequel-ish era. Or maybe make movies set after, right? Come up with a new threat for them to go after. Don't do Cursed Child. That was atrocious. But maybe 20 years in the future, maybe 40 years in the future, Harry's grandkids or something... Maybe go even farther back and do, like, the founding of Hogwarts. But don't park the franchise. It's one of your number one franchises. Don't do to Harry Potter what you've done to DC and kind of mangled it before James Gunn took over. Uh, I, Warner Brothers is a massive, massive, massive studio. It's 100 years old. Yes, there's theories that maybe they'll sell to Universal. I, I don't know. But... It'll be interesting to see. Sticking with uh, franchises here, Sean Levy was talking about Deadpool 3. And uh, obviously, we've heard how many rumors now about who's in Deadpool 3, who isn't. Even Taylor Swift playing Dazzler. But on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, uh, Levy said this, quote, yeah, and what blew my mind also is how easy some of those cameos have been. People love Deadpool. People love Ryan. Thankfully, people also seem to like my work. They know that Ryan and I are in a groove of creative brotherhood that is unique and seems to be working. Uh, the proliferation of casting rumors around my movie because there's so many that it's impossible to know what's real and what's made up, unquote. So, that's smart. A lot of people are friends with, with Ryan Reynolds. A lot of people like Ryan Reynolds. Again, nothing's ever been come out to say he's horrible. He's actually supposedly a very nice person. Um, but it's 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 awesome to hear that people are like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll be a cameo in the movie. That makes me excited, given that it looks to be like a multiversal crossover. Uh, we also learned that Logan will be canon to Deadpool 3 as Deadpool enters the MCU. Um, I... He, he also commented on the, the Taylor Swift as Dazzler. And it, it's just, I am very, I am very excited for this movie. I can't wait. I Unfortunately, it probably has been delayed due to the strike. I hope the strike ends soon so they can go back to making that movie. I don't want to wait too long for that movie. Please. I need Deadpool 3 in my life. Um, speaking of the strike, Jack Black was performing at a fundraiser. For striking actors, and uh, it took place on October 25th. 
and it's been released on on Twitter. I, I guess uh, they were at the Orpheum Theater, and they were taking requests for songs, leading to Jack Black saying, "Quote: I know that. Yes, I know that one. I can't do that one. We're in a strike." Um, I know that one. He added, I, "Everyone knows that fucking song." Unquote, and he began to sing. Uh, anti-hero, Taylor Swift's song, so Taylor Swift as well, which then led to him stripping down uh, and singing anti-hero. And I love that big, beautiful man. Jack Black is uh, Jack Black is such such a great man. I need I I wish I could see this whole benefit. Uh, other performers included Rachel Bloom, Lavar Burton, Nicole Byer, Brian Cranston, Little Dicky. Lindsay Doherty, Simon Helberg, Janelle James, Michael McKean, Kamel Nanjiani, Patton Oswalt, June Diane Raphael, Andrea Savage, Dax Shepard, and Julian Villard. Uh, but if you want to see the Jack Black bit, it is on Twitter. Also released by the Pokemon Company, the new Japanese opening to the new Pokemon anime that will not feature Ash. And it's pretty good. It's pretty solid. Awesome visuals, too. Uh, Aquaman 2 has been pushed back by two days. Yes, a major delay of two days. From December 20th to December 22nd. Um, Closer to Christmas, obviously. Uh, Disney, though, has shifted some dates around. Snow White has gone from March 22nd of next year to March 21st of 2025. A one-year delay. Uh, We also got our first look at the movie. Apparently the dwarves will be CGI dwarves, uh, not a hodgepodge of random individuals, which does not match with the image that was released. I wonder, I still think they should have hired actual little people, excuse me, Uh, still should have hired actual little people. Not sure what the decision was there to use CGI ones. Uh, Magazine Dreams, the movie starring Jonathan Majors, has been completely pulled off of their release schedule that was supposed to release this December. Uh, Elio, their next animated film, moves from next March to uh, next June, so over a year delay. Uh, And then several other movies have been uh, delayed and removed from schedule, including several untitled Disney and Pixar films. Bloomhouse has released a new trailer for an upcoming project. However, it was a audio-only trailer, which is a very new idea, new concept. I don't think anyone's ever done audio-only. I don't watch horror films, so I don't know much about it. Um, Matthew Perry, famous star of Friends in the movie Almost Heroes, has tragically passed away at the age of 54. Uh, Many remembered him over the weekend, many celebrities. Uh, especially given his work helping those who were affected uh, by alcoholism and addiction, much like himself. He had overcome a lot of that. Uh, He tragically drowned in his jacuzzi at his home in Los Angeles. Uh, Not all details have been released. Um, Chandler is fondly remembered as one of the best friends on the show Friends. I prefer Chandler over all of them. Always some of the best witty comebacks. Uh, I like a lot of things that Matthew Perry has done. I liked his Odd Couple show that he did. 
that other show he did before that on CBS or somewhere, Sunnydale or something, where he like ran an arena that took place in San Diego. Great show as well. Uh, I've, I like a lot of things Matthew Perry has done, and it, it sucks that, that this happened. Um, we did get a fun anecdotal story. Apparently he went to, to school with Justin Trudeau, the current prime minister of Canada, and apparently he beat him up back in, in grade school, which is a hilarious story. But uh, Matthew Perry lost to the world. Uh, we finally got a look at the Magic the Gathering cards for both Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. They are beautiful cards. Beautiful, beautiful cards. Um, and Ma uh, Chris Pratt is on one of them. Oh, well. Um, it's uh, Owen Grady, Raptor Trainer. I hope we get more Jurassic Park cards. Uh, Blue the Loyal Raptor. Hunting Velociraptor, which features raptors hunting what looks to be Muldoon from the first film. Uh, some great land cards, one featuring a mountain, or both mountain. One shows Gallimimus from what looks like the first film. Uh, another card showing Rexy as she roars triumphantly as uh, Mount... What's the mountain called? As the, the volcano erupts from the second Jurassic World film. Mount Zebo, Zebo, Zebu. I don't remember. Um, but those are the ones that have been showed off. The, <laughs> okay, it is Muldoon because the hunting Velociraptor card features the clever girl uh, quote on it. So, uh, and the Owen Grady card features the quote, I don't control the raptors, it's a relationship, it's based on mutual respect. The blue loyal raptor card features blue, Fighting the Indoraptor from uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Just like what was featured in the... Oh, so it is... Oh, that's cool. It's the same valley from... The mountain card is... the. It shows the first movie with the Gallimimus. And then it shows Rexy like stomping on the piece of wood from Fallen Kingdom. So, that's cool. We'll get more cards uh, as uh, release as we get closer and closer to release um big news for the daredevil show after we had learned that disney and marvel had essentially fired pretty much everyone involved the, they've brought on a new showrunner and directors so it like i said it essentially rebooted the show while in production hollywood reporter has found that dario scard scardapane will become the new showrunner and will lead the new writing team and Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead will be directing, uh, hot off the ha tails of directing Loki Season 2. Uh, Dario Scardapane Scard uh, was actually the showrunner and executive producer on Netflix's Punisher Marvel show. So he's worked on Jack Ryan, State of Affairs. I think this guy, if, if he's done those, I am not worried because A, Jack Ryan's a great show. B, The Punisher's great. He already knows Marvel. He's familiar with the characters in some way. So it looks like uh, he's going to be leading the show for them. I'm not worried at all. Guillermo del Toro continues talking about his scrapped Star Wars movie. And he was on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast. 
which is probably one of the greatest podcasts in nerddom. Uh, and he talked more about his movie. He said, quote, I would love to do a job of the Hut Scarface, his ascension in the crime family. But it's not a plan. I'm not announcing it. Don't pick it up, unquote. Oh, my God. If we could get a job of the Hut Scarface or a job of the Hut like Godfather or Goodfellas style movie, which I said I've wanted forever. Oh, God, it would be so good. I don't think people realize, but Jabba the Hutt's like a thousand years old when he dies at uh, the end of Return of the, or beginning of Return of the Jedi. Dude is ancient. Huts live forever. Um, MGM might be working on a poltergeist television show. No word on if it would be a reboot or not. Uh, Lena Hetty, Lena Heedy, Lena Heedy, who played Cersei in. Game of Thrones, was speaking with the Hollywood Reporter, and uh, obviously they asked about Game of Thrones and her character Cersei, and she said, quote, I'm, I think all of us did, to be honest, because you start trying to write the story yourself. Maisie and I would fantasize about a Cersei and Arya showdown, that she would come back, she would come back as Jaime, that was our dream, but they made different choices, unquote. Um, oh, she also said, quote, I think in hindsight, everybody understands that it was a difficult show to wrap up. You're in it and you've been so invested. There's a moment of why, but I absolutely get it. Um, unquote. She says she doesn't miss it. She hasn't watched House of the Dragon. Um, but, ooh, that would have been cool. Arya wearing Jamie's face to come and fight Cersei. Wouldn't have made any sense, but it would have been good. Uh, Netflix today released the opening credits of its upcoming Scott Pilgrim Takes Off show. And it's amazing. It's a credit sequence I probably will not skip. Has great music, has great visuals. Um, definitely check it out if you're a fan of that show. Otherwise, wait a few weeks before it releases. We got, uh, speaking of things coming out in November, we got the first trailer. For Good Burger 2, home of the Good Burger. I can't wait for that movie. It looks so funny. Ed, it looks like Ed is the same old Ed. Carmen Electra I saw in the trailer too. Um, Keenan's going to be hilarious in it as well. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, which we stated earlier, uh, won the weekend box office. Also released on Peacock and has become the biggest five-day debut on Peacock. I love how it's the biggest. Like, yeah, things are going to keep doing that on these new platforms, people. <laughs> but as of today, um, it has the biggest five-day debut of any Peacock title, according to a press release from Universal. Um, even dethroning Halloween Ends and the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, wow, made $132 million globally. 80 million against 78 million from the US, and I'm sure it had a small budget. So, Five Nights at Freddy's, horror movie of children's nightmares. Um, Oppenheimer will be returning to IMAX theaters for one week starting this Friday, but only in five cities um, AMC locations in Hollywood, Irvine, New York City, and San Francisco will feature the movie in IMAX. Uh, the IMAX BFI Theater in London and in Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, 
will feature the return of Oppenheimer for one week starting Friday, IMAX only. Uh, but that is it for your TV news. Uh, Loki, which I think may have reset the Marvel Universe last week. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, and then Invincible Season 2 starts on Friday as well. But stick around. Don't go nowhere just yet. Let's talk about my top 10 favorite 90s sci-fi films, shall we? All right. Okay. So we're going to do 90s sci-fi. Surprisingly, there weren't that many sci-fi movies I watched from the 90s. There were a lot, but they kind of blend into different genres and such. I don't know how I'm going to do comedy or animated because that's going to be fucking hard to do. Uh, but let's do sci-fi. And I think you guys might be surprised at, at where what my top three are. Right? So, we'll start at number 10. Uh, and 10 isn't, isn't a, a good movie by any stretch. Uh, but for nostalgic reasons, which... A lot of movies find themselves on my list for nostalgic reasons. Uh, is is number ten, uh, mainly because some of the other movies I I don't really remember that much and didn't really stick with me. But this movie does for some stupid reason. There's a lot of great actors in it too, so there's it's weird that it's not a good movie. Uh, but it's the Lost in Space movie from 1998, released April 3rd, 1998. Like I said, a lot of mo- good people. William Hurt uh, is in it. Um, uh, uh, Sissy Missy Rogers is in it. Heather Graham, Gary Oldman. <laughs> like, yeah, Matt LeBlanc's in it, but uh, you know. <laughs> but no, the Lost in Space movie from 1998, which also features a a design of the original robot, uh, Danger Will Robinson. I think I, I remember seeing the movie in theaters, too. Strange. Number nine, I think a movie that everyone loves, and you can make the argument that it's an action movie, but I make the argument that it's purely sci-fi. Uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, released June 30th, yes, I might shock you, 1995. The Power Rangers movie came out 28 years ago. Almost 30 years old, that movie. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, fighting Ivan Ooze, Power of the Ooze. There's a lot of uh, Van Halen songs on that soundtrack. And the CG does not hold up in any way, shape, or form at all from that movie. Number eight, another movie which I say is science fiction based purely on the, the idea and the concept of it. Uh, and it's, it's like AI coming alive. It, realistically, it is. Uh, Small Soldiers. I think that move. This movie is more relevant today than I think people might realize. Released July tenth, nineteen ninety eight. The ca- again, cr- wild cast in this movie: Dennis Leary, um, and uh, uh, a few other people. I really enjoy this movie. Alan, you know the the everything else is just a toy. Tommy Lee Jones as Sergeant Chip Hazard. I cannot understate this enough, is a great character. Major Chip Hazard, excuse me. As they fight the, uh, what are they called? 
Scott J. Moore, Phil Hartman's final movie before he died. Um, yeah, like I said, Dennis Leary, David Cross, Wendy Shaw was in that movie, Kirsten Dunst. Dang, a lot of people that I forgot. Um, oh, Robert Pirdo. That's right. Uh, but Archer, leader of the, uh, what are they? The, um, the Gorgonites. I remember playing the video game all the time. Oh, wow. There was a lot of, I didn't realize the voices. Michael McKean and Harry Shearer and Christopher Guest. Okay, I need to rewatch this movie. I need to find, where is this movie to watch? Because I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a very long time. Joe Dante, great director. Um, it's nowhere free, apparently. Let me Google. Not Unfortunately, Bing's not the best when it comes to where to watch things. Um, oh, it is on Hulu. Ooh, it's on Max. Okay, I'm going to watch it on HBO Max. On Max. Uh, yeah. Frank Langella, Archer, Tommy Lee Jones is Major Chip Hazard. George Kennedy? Wow. Jim Brown? Ernest Borgnine? Oh, yeah, I remember that. A lot of people. Bruce Dern, huh? Uh, the Gwendy Dolls. Sarah Michelle Geller, Christina Ricci. Makes sense. Um, oh, wow. Those were all the Dirty Dozen cast. Okay. That makes sense. And then the Spinal Tap cast. <laughs> yep, that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, interesting. Again, I very much like that movie. I know a lot of people don't. But uh, Steven Spielberg produced that movie? No shit. Yeah, man. Small Soldiers is my, uh, my number eight. I just went on a weird rant about that movie. Uh, number seven, The Fifth Element. A great movie from Luc Besson. Uh, released May 7th, 1997. Multipass, Lilou Dallas. Uh, Bruce Willis in a great movie. Made a lot of people want to fuck an alien, I think. That blue alien opera singer. Uh, Gary Oldman, again. Great movie. Weird movie, but great movie. Future New York, too. And, and Chris Tucker as Ruby Rod. So fucking good. Love that movie. Uh, at number six, and this is where people might be shocked. Number six, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, released May 19th, 1999. Yes, a Star Wars movie is not even in my top five. Look, very fond memories of The Phantom Menace, and there are good parts to The Phantom Menace. But in the grand scheme of the multiverse, The Phantom Menace just is not one of my favorite Star Wars movies. It's, it's not in my top five. It, it's, it's okay. It did start off the prequels. It's not even the best of the prequels. You know? Obviously, that's Revenge of the Sith. But that's a conversation for another year. So, yeah. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. I've waxed poetic on Star Wars enough. I don't think you guys need to hear me say... Any more words about Star Wars, but but Darth Maul. Uh, number five, The Lost World Jurassic Park. The second Jurassic Park film, released May 23rd, 1997. Features the return of Ian Malcolm, this time going to Isla Sorna. 
no, Isla Sorna is the main island. They go to Site B, which is... No, no it is Isla Sorna. I don't know why. What is... Uh, what's the main island again? Anyway, uh, Site B, it featured all this cool, these cool vehicles as they hunted the dinosaurs down to bring them to, um, you know, San Diego, Jurassic Park San Diego. I loved it because, like, oh, San Diego. Um, Isla Nublar is the main island. That's what it was. And it's, um, no, I, I very much enjoyed Jurassic Park or Lost World Jurassic Park. It, it, it got them to also, like, it got Michael Crichton to write the next film. Uh, it created a reason for, uh, people love Jeff Goldblum. Vince Vaughn is in the movie. It's, it's, it's different. It's so different from the first one and the rest of the other movies, but I love it so much. It's so good. They hunt the Rexes, um, and uh, it's unfortunate what happens to that little girl at the beginning of the movie, but Lost World Jurassic Park. At number four, The Men in Black, baby. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is in two movies on this list. Uh, Will Smith, Men in Black, July 2nd, 1997. That was a July 4th movie? Wow. Um, I very much enjoy the Men in Black films. The first one is very fun because... I just saw a comedian dress up as... That character. More <laughs> uh, They're hunting Orion's belt. And it's got that little person inside. And Frank the Pug and the worms. Will Smith just... <laughs> People are smart. Or no, what does he say? Something? And plus that meme right now. Can you hand... Only if you can handle it or whatever. The, the ending. Or right before Will Smith decides to join the men in black. Um, the best of the best of the best. It it's uh, I love the Men in Black. It's so funny. What is uh, what does he say? I don't remember. Uh, number three, and this is where my top three might shock some of you. Number three is Star Trek: First Contact, released November twenty second, nineteen ninety six. Without this movie, we would not have First Contact Day, which now officially serves as like the official Star Trek Day. I very much enjoy this film. It is the best film of the TNG era of films. Uh, it features the Borg. It features the uh, first appearance of the Enterprise E, NCC-1701E, the fifth iteration of the Enterprise. Yes. No. Yeah, the fifth iteration of the Enterprise, captained by Jean-Luc Picard, uh, Commander William T. Riker, second in command. The return of Worf after the conclusion of Deep Space Nine. The Defiant makes an appearance in the film. Uh, the Enterprise E is so beautiful as they take on the Borg. The Borg Queen appears. Uh, she tries to take over Earth. I, I think this was her first appearance. Yeah, that was the first appearance of the Borg Queen. Um... Enterprise goes back in time, uh, first contact essentially with the Vulcans, right? And it's such a good movie, such a great soundtrack. Jerry Goldsmith returned to score the film, and it's so good. If you want to watch a Star Trek movie as as an introduction, and not watch the JJ movies, 
Um, I would watch First Contact. It's very good. It's very action heavy, which is not normal for a Star Trek film. Uh, number two, though, Star Trek again. Yes, there are two Star Trek movies above a Star Wars film on this list. Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, the last true movie of the TOS era, released December 6th, 1991. This is by far the best, like I said, the best TOS Star Trek movie. It is the second best, no, third best Star Trek movie, in my opinion. Um, what I'll do is when we get to the end of the 90s, I think I'll do a, a Star Trek movie list, uh, since I've been putting them on my 80s lists and stuff. But Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, features peace is achieved with the Klingons. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, uh, so many good actors, too. Christopher Plummer plays General Chang. Uh, his daughter, of course, played the villain in Season 3 of Picard. Uh, we had... Um, What's his name? The guy who plays Chancellor Gorkon, uh, Chancellor of the Klingons. But we also feature, you know, McCoy and and Kirk get arrested and go to a Klingon, like, gulag, essentially. Uh, Spock is being a badass. Kim Cattrall is in it as a Vulcan, Romulan, spy. There's so many great things about this movie. Kirk, Enterprise. Um... Uh, they're on trial on Klingon. Uh, Michael Dorn plays like an uh, uh, an ancestor of Worf, and he happens to be the lawyer for Kirk and McCoy. It is such a fun, fun movie. It is literally one of the best Star Trek films. Uh, that's why it's my number two. And I think you guys can guess what my number one is based on what I said my costume was today, based on what my number five was. My number one sci-fi movie, and yes, it's a sci-fi movie, Jurassic Park, released June 11th, 1993. Clever girl. Or Hammond's famous line, I've leased an island off the coast of Costa Rica. Spared no expense. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. Hold on to your butts. I very much love Jurassic Park. It's not one of my top three franchises, but it's up there. Uh, I finally read the book several years ago. The book is, is amazing as well. I do love the movie. I love the franchise in general. You guys know this. I talked about liking Jurassic World Dominion last year. I like dinosaurs, right? Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, Jurassic Park, to me, is one of Steven Spielberg's best films as well. It holds up for being a 30-year-old movie. We were just talking about how the CGI for trans for Mar more Power Rangers doesn't hold up. And that came out two years later. The CGI in Jurassic Park holds up 30 years later. One of the first movies to do so, use it very well, especially animated like moving creatures. That T-Rex, though. Rexy, man. But Jurassic Park is a franchise I've always enjoyed. I have several Jurassic Park games. Uh, of course, I love playing Jurassic World Evolution, both the first and second game. Jurassic Park, yes, like I said, it is a sci-fi movie. In and out. It involves cloning. Uh, involves bringing things back from the dead. It involves just a lot of sci-fi, you know, 
techno babble. It, it is a sci-fi movie. I, I won't. I, it, it, there's no question. But Jurassic Park is my number one sci-fi movie. Am I, you know, maybe... Yeah, it's a science fiction action film. Yeah, it's a sci-fi movie. Um, this is like what they did for Ridley Scott to win a Golden Globe a few years ago. No. Um, Jurassic Park, man, my number one. So my n- top 10 90s sci-fi films. Lost in Space, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Small Soldiers, The Fifth Element, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Number 5, The Lost World, Men in Black, Star Trek First Contact, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and Number 1, Jurassic Park. Uh, that is it for Nixner News this week. Thank you guys for listening week in, week out. I appreciate all of you guys. Uh, you know, I forgot to say this at the top of the hour. Don't forget to check out nixnernews.com. You guys can listen to the show in your browser, or you can find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page, Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Take us on the go. Listen on your couch. Listen in your kitchen. Listen in the car. Listen on your bike. All of those places. Also, don't forget to check out our social media tab. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Threads. Sometimes I'm on TikTok. So search Nixner News on your preferred social media platform of choice. And uh, that is it this week, guys. Thank you again. That was episode uh, 286. It, um, yeah, we're recording on October 31st. You guys will be listening on November 1st. Other than that, I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine.